Welcome to Pixels and Pines Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. <laughs> We're two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints. I, tr- I wanted to say something stupid. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Stop myself. Oh, fuck. Sick. Shit. We, yeah. uh, like we said a minute a ago, dude, it's been a while. Will we take two or three weeks off? It was two weeks. It was two weeks. God damn. Yeah. November 6th to the 27th. That is, that is quite some time. Um, shit. So, uh, let's knock some dust off of this thing and, uh, get to what you're <laughs> drinking today. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to clear out that fridge, man. Uh, I can't blame, was it sober October? Um, I've just had this stuff sitting around for a while. I'm never going to buy six six uh six packs again um so right now i'm starting off with uh with a modello so I, i've been i've been experimenting with cooking with beer so uh so i have a case of this stuff around just to kind of sip on a little bit and then i don't know throw into some frijoles and whatnot getting back to my roots and shit by cooking with so, beer are you do you mean you drink it while you cook or are you just pouring it in a pan and letting it simmer off a little, little column A, a little column B. You oh, know? Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, just like what they say with cooking with wine, like don't cook wine that you wouldn't drink. You know what I mean? So that's true. A glass, a glass for the food, a glass for me. That's yeah. what's up. So, uh, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just, it's just a basic ass lager. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Four point four ABV. It says it's supposed to have like some sort of honey aroma with a hint of herb. Nah, probably nah, nah. It's just a. It's a fucking locker, dude. Yeah, it's ain't ain't nothing. Uh, and then I'm trying to finish off that uh, Martin House Hidden Dragon. That is uh, sour with orange juice, dragon fruit, and ginger. Eight percent ABV. Trying to get it. Trying to get it finished up. Damn. All right. Two beers tonight. Yeah. I, what are you? Uh, what are you drinking, man? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm only gonna try to drink one. We'll fucking see. Uh, so right now I'm gonna mess with this Bishop Barrel Thirteen. It is a uh, 12.12% ABV. Uh, it was brewed in 2015 by St. Yeah. Arnold. Uh, it's their Belgian quad that they've aged over Woodford Reserve bourbon barrels. It is a sweet, uh, sticky toffee type of flavor uh, with hints of uh, dark cherry uh, and parfait. They complement the subtle taste of bourbon barrel. Uh, it is. It, it kind of warms your mouth when you drink it just like when you take a shot, but not as overbearing. Uh, overall, it's really good. It has a 93% score or 93 score on beer advocate. This is, this is some pinky out bullshit. It is some definitely right pinky, pinky some, out bullshit. It's special. It is it's I, special. And you know what? For a beer that was brewed in 2015, it tastes like it was brewed yesterday. This shit is fucking phenomenal. This late in the game. I cannot believe be. It's got to be so smooth drinking. It is so fucking smooth. I expected this to be full of uh, particles and like all kinds of shit. It is clean Mm -hmm. to look at. Uh, I mean, it looks like just like a a fucking dark beer Uh, and it tastes phenomenal. It's kind of nuts. Very nice. It tastes a lot better than that fucking pumpkin that we got. Uh, Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) I'm so upset. Are you? Yeah, mm. we, we busted one open. So we, we took this trip to North Carolina to we go did. swap beer. Um, we left on a Friday. We came back on Monday at 3.30 in the morning is when we arrived back here in Houston. And um, we swapped uh, Pumpkinator, which is a St. Arnold beer, 
for mm-hmm. Southern Tier Warlock and Southern Tier Pumpkin with variants. You got a lot of, you got a lot of pumpkin. Dude. I got a lot of pumpkin, and uh, I remember pumpkin tasting a, a like a pumpkin beer, and when I mm-hmm. drank it the other day, it tasted sour as fuck, sour ah. and bitter, I, and I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm going to give it another shot. Maybe it was something that we had ate beforehand. Uh, but I was super disappointed. However, Warlock, fucking 10 out of 10. Uh, great fucking beer. Uh, you lucked out by not picking up Pumpkin. Uh, Warlock is the fucking king of Southern Tier. Pumpkin, rest in peace. You're a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I have to drink through two cases of that shit. Two cases. Oh, all right. Ooh. Yeah. And now, how many how many of the variants you got? Because like, you got like two different variants and you got like a couple of four packs of that shit too. Yeah, I think I think some of those are yours. I I'm not I certain. didn't get any pumpkin. No. Okay. Don't <laughs> don't <laughs> I think there's a the lot. <laughs> there's a fucking lot. Uh it's it's still in the garage. I need to take it out of there because it's starting to warm up again. Yeah. For some reason. Fucking I don't, we got a fucking weather, heat wave. Oh shit, dude. Crazy. Yeah, been a wild, uh, wild little bit of time since we did the last podcast. Yeah, it, it, we man, it's it honestly feels like a year since yeah since we did this. There's so much crap that's happened. Yeah, in between our last podcast and and to, and uh, today, I mean, you know, with the holidays and whatnot, but still, like, it's been it's been heavy. It's been heavy. So yeah, a lot um, of fucking news, a lot of releases. That's true. <laughs> Well, some really good L's. <laughs> some really good L's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we missed we've missed the past couple of weeks. And um this is gonna be, I guess, a little combination. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about maybe some things that uh have happened since the lab last podcast. So not necessarily things that have happened in the past week. So we're gonna cover the past couple of weeks of news, but condensed. So some of the more interesting things. And um like you said, the L's are really good uh there's a lot to go over there's a lot to go over yeah holy crap um but i guess uh before we get into that let's let's talk about some free crap so we miss out on some of the free stuff that uh you're gonna be able to pick up if you have some subscription to like sony xbox your humble bundle choice member uh so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and breeze through that real quick so playstation plus um if you if you miss out on the Kingdom Hearts series, like this is the month to uh, to check it out. So uh, starting off first, Elder Scrolls Five Special Edition, uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and then we get Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5. I hate Kingdom Hearts naming scheme for this. <laughs> it's crap. pretty bad. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Screw you, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. God, Kingdom Hearts 3, and then Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. I mean, this is like, uh, even the fact that they have to include like cutscenes from like a dumb game was like a is it like a mobile port? It's or a mobile like, game like a, that they just yeah. they just pour over the cutscenes and call it a game, and they stuck it on one of the discs phenomenal so they yeah. got their crap together i think they it got, used to be called chain of memories and then they called it melody of memory that's not confusing no it's not confusing there are something awesome. like 
I fucking like eight, eight Kingdom Hearts games. And some of them never came to the U.S. Some of them were fucking phone games only. And yeah. they're all considered canonical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand how anybody, anybody takes, takes this series seriously. You cannot. At this point. You cannot. You just like, have to play it and just enjoy it and just put it down. Yeah. Don't don't think too hard about no. it. Uh people who who like to like uh was it theory craft yeah. about Kingdom it, Hearts like no. Nah. They I, they have no idea what they're doing. They, no. So trying to make sense out of it is is futile. Don't the, even try. I I'll skim over it quickly by saying that Final Fantasy 7 was the hardest bit of thing to wrap my head around as a young RPG playing idiot. And mm-hmm. then uh Kingdom Hearts shit on that times a thousand and then looped in time travel and and self-fulfilling prophecies and all this wild shit. And it's all right. hidden throughout different games and none of it makes sense and none of it ties together. And then three just kind of like revamps the lore and fucks it all up. So nothing makes sense. Don't care about it. Just play the fucking game if you decide to play it. Yeah. You get you, you hang out with uh, Donald Duck. That's cool yeah. as shit. So yeah. and Goofy and whatnot. Yeah. That's that's all you should take away from it. Agreed. Uh, and then after that mess, uh, Oddworld, uh, Soulstorm, Enhanced Edition, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division Two, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Chorus, What Remains of Edith Finch, The Gardens Between, and some Earth Defense Force games. I've heard some decent, decent. Uh, Decent stuff about these. Uh, so, Earth Defense Force, World Brothers, and Iron Rain, and Oni Chanbara Origin, which I think is like I don't know, like you're a samurai chicken in a bikini, just like slicing shit up, yep. um, as one does in Japan. You know that what I mean? Game had, I think, five or six remakes of it, and this is the final remake. And it, I think, if I remember correctly, it's one of the worst versions. But still fun if you just want to be a a girl in a bikini wearing a cowboy hat with a samurai sword fucking up shit. Um, Basically what it is. That's all it is. um, At least in Japan, uh, I know like during like the PS2 era, there was there was like this um, kind of like this uh, discount, this this discount brand of games that came out during that era in Japan, which is uh, basically a whole crap ton of mess like this. Yeah. That's all it is. And, and is some of it stuck. This it is one that stuck. And yeah. then you had uh, the other one where it was like schoolgirl looking shit. And when they attacked each other and they took enough damage, their clothes exploded off of them. Which one that was? Yeah. Uh, I I, I want to pretend like I don't know the name because it, it, it escapes me now, but I think I have like six copies of those games. Uh, <laughs> I have the collector's edition uh, on my shelf for PS4, and then I have one for 3DS as well. Uh, I don't remember the names of the games. I've literally never even played them, but I keep telling myself that I'm going to. One of these days you will. Whenever yeah. you, you know, whenever you retire. When, yeah, when Janet divorces me and I'm real fucking lonely, uh, that's the game I'm going to. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, and then you 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 slide it over what remains of Edith Finch. Um that game is uh, an Purna per, game that yeah. everybody should take a moment to play. It's pretty short. It's a story narrative type of game. Um, yeah, it's one of the one of the early walking simulators that people like to call games like this. 
Um, but no, you're right. Like people should really check it out. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. Heard tons of good things about it. Um, mm. if you're tired of like shooting stuff in the face or tired of looking from that, you know, third person over the shoulder perspective while, while you do whatever, take some time out to check yeah. this out. Or if you haven't felt yeah. emotions in a while, maybe play this game. Everybody knows you're dead inside. So yeah. check it out. <laughs> and if you don't have uh, any PlayStation plus subscriptions, uh, this game is on sale uh, through Cyber Monday, like on almost all platforms for like anywhere yeah. between three and five dollars. So, yeah, you probably you probably already have this in your Steam library. And you just probably, don't know it. Probably. probably it was it was free on the like humble bundle at some point too. So yeah, for sure. And speaking of humble bundle, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the humble choice November twenty twenty two is is out. Uh, so here are the games that you're going to get if you have a Humble Bundle Choice subscription. Hell Let Loose, uh, Kingdom, Kingdoms of Amalur, Re-Reckoning, Fate Edition. What a title. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Tactics, uh, Ico's Choice, RoboQuest, Eldest Souls, Unmetal, Raji, An Ancient Epic, Morbid, The Seven Acolytes. Um, out of everything there, definitely check out Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah. Uh, supposed to be really good regardless of all the nonsense that went down during the development of the game and whatnot but um, it's, it's just a really good fucking action rpg where your character yeah. can be customized in one of three ways so like a uh heavy arms type of uh uh attacker or you can use daggers you can go into like sword and board like as a warrior or you can be a, a mage who also uses chakras like the fucking things that uh uh, Xeno Warrior Princess had this little disc, and you can throw those and cast giant spells and stuff. Um, what a callback! Yeah, what a fucking callback! <laughs> uh, but it's a fun fucking game, um, and it's cool that they they revamped it a little bit. They upscaled it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that they really fucked with anything else. But in that package, you get all of the DLC. So right, probably the biggest Check biggest out. bang for your buck there. Right. And uh, if you are a choice member, I do believe you still have access to Signalis, mm, yeah. uh, which I've been hearing good things about, as well as, I think it's, what is it called? Ghost Song? It's that mm -hmm. uh, Metroid-inspired um, kind of game, Metroid, Metroidvania. Uh, you got an arm cannon shooting stuff and whatnot, so make sure to check those out as well if you get a chance. And then finally, uh, last of the free stuff, uh, Game Pass. So Game Pass has, and it seems like they have like a, a thing now where they split up these announcements uh, across the month. So here's the last half of this November, uh, November 17th, which was 10 days ago. So um, it's already out there. Uh, Dune Spice Wars. I believe Dune Spice Wars is a, uh, what do they call it? Like a 4X uh, strategy game. It's like explore. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know there's four there's four words, but it's basically you got um, you spawn in on a map. You have to gather resources. You have to explore, uh, you know, build units, go out, attack and things like that. Super classical, kind of like how Command and Conquer. OK. Uh, okay. And it, exactly like Dune, uh, I believe uh, one of the first RTS games that I ever played was Dune back in the Genesis period. Holy shit. Yeah. So they actually had. They actually had a a, a real-time strategy game on the Genesis called Dune. And that's where my first uh, exposure to the Dune franchise came from. Super Damn. fun. Super fun. Uh, so check that out. It's available now on Game Pass. Uh, also available on the 17th was Ghost Lore, Lappin, and Norco. 
November 22nd, which was five days ago at the time of this recording, Gungrave Gore. Um, I know you were hyped up. You were hyped about this. People are shitting all over this game. They say oh, it sucks. Yeah. God damn it. I pre-ordered right. it. And for whatever reason, my pre-order is not getting here till like December 2nd or something like that. I don't know what the fuck is going on with that, but I pre-ordered it before the game launched. Uh, That's dumb as hell. Maybe it's time for me to fucking cancel it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you should check out to see what people are saying about it. People do not seem like hyped about it at all. They, it. I think it's got a terrible Metacritic score as well. It can't be worse than the other game that we're going to talk about later. <laughs> okay, it can't be. Probably not. I'm actually, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Is it, is it what I think it is further yes. down the list? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, November 29th, uh, Insurgency Sandstorm, uh, Soccer Story, uh, which I hear, I am hearing good things about Soccer Story. Um, RPG, sports game or some crap like that. Yeah. Seems to be all right. Is it, is, uh, is it the same people who made Golf Story? I'd imagine so. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I have no clue. I think Golf Story, maybe? I don't know. Everybody's that, making a sports story style game these yeah. days. No telling, dude. No telling. Uh, later this month, uh, November 30th, we have Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide. Is that the, is that the, is that the, it's not Vermintide style game, is it? I, I, it I think it's strategy? the new, it's the new first person shooter. Okay. I think. I should know that. I was literally just looking at it on Steam a little bit ago. I, it might be. It might be. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Microsoft is talking about which games are leaving on the 30th. So uh, try to check these out. Uh, if you haven't played them yet, by the time this podcast comes out, you only have a couple of days. So get on it. Uh, Archvale is leaving on the 30th, as well as Deer Simulator for you hunters out there. Uh, I guess it's a hunting. I have no idea what it is. Maybe Do you just play as a deer trying to avoid? Maybe hunters. like you're just like you're invading, you're invading people's property and like trying to like, like eat out of their trash cans and yeah. dumb stuff like that. Yeah, just <laughs> trying to eat some watermelon and shit. Trying to avoid getting just, you know, smashed by cars. You try to cross, oh, yeah. cross lanes and whatnot. We saw so many dead deer. <laughs> Not trip over Jesus Christ. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> we saw so many dead deer. Oh, there were so many dead deer on that trip. Jesus so Christ. I was counting uh, them at one point and I was like, all right, we're over 20. I'm done. <laughs> Didn't uh, see one burning car. And we were not one of those vehicles. So yeah, win, 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 I guess. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, uh, nobody lost their vehicle off. Off the side of the road, we did see somebody, you know, who was smoking uh, out yeah, of his engine bay. So, yeah. yeah. So we so didn't. We weren't around long enough. We no. were. We were not around long enough. Um, also, leaving on the thirtieth is Final Fantasy thirteen two. Um, probably, uh, probably one of the shittiest Final Fantasy. I think even out of the Final Fantasy thirteen games, I think it's probably one of the it's, worst. It's so. no, the worst is no. Lightning Returns. That's thirteen. Lightning three. Returns. Which is, is that, is Lightning Returns the one where, like, she's dead or, like, she's trying to avoid being dead or coming back to life? or I think she comes back to life. <laughs> so, I played 13 with Janet. Janet mostly yeah. played it. Uh, and then I started to play 13, too, 
And it's like tra- time travel and shit like that in there. And I was like, oh, this is kind of sick. And then something happened and I stopped playing it. And then out of nowhere, Lightning Returns comes out. And it's just one character. You're just lightning. And you're just going around fucking people up. Everybody says the combat fucking rules the rest of the game. Absolutely sucks. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And it, but that's it. It's, it's the lowest reviewed and lowest selling Final Fantasy game in all history. It sold 1.2 million copies worldwide on Ooh. all platforms. That is dog shit levels of fucking yeah. purchasing. Uh, it almost fucked Square Enix up. That's how bad that game was. Yeah. Well, luckily, Final Fantasy 14, I guess, wasn't too uh, too far out. Yeah. Well, well to be fair, Final yeah, Final Fantasy 14 did kind of shit the bed. So yeah. they, they kind of got that under control. Yeah, that Realm um, Reborn pulled them out of the fucking mud. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I have mixed feelings about it. I have I know some people who are super passionate about lightning returns, but yeah. I think it's more for I think the like the lore and the story behind yeah. everything. So I guess if you if you want to ignore everything else uh, in regards to uh, Final Fantasy 13, apparently, like if you get just kind of put on blinders and just kind of check out the lore, apparently it's it's kind of dope. Yeah, um, I want to I want to play them. I own all of them on multiple consoles. So, so here's the thing. Okay, I went out and purchased all kinds of dumb collector's editions for Final Fantasy 13. The only one that I'm missing is the Final Fantasy 13 uh, original release collector's edition. Oh, that one's hard. So hard I have, I have like this, I have the lightning returns collector's edition that includes like a pocket watch or some shit. Damn. And then I also have like a, I think it's the, I think it's X2. I think it's X2. It's like a crystal edition that was only available in Europe or something like that. On top of that, I have also all of the uh, soundtracks, all of the, the, all of the, Big dick soundtracks for Final Fantasy 13. The music in Final Fantasy 13 fucks harder than any other Final Fantasy before it. Hands down. Goddamn. Like when when we go to the the symphony and mm-hmm. uh when they play the 13 music, the fucking crowd is on fire. It's either 13 or 14. That's the only one that people will respond to, you know, other than everybody else's favorite, One Wing Angel. Just got No, it's a there. garbage song. Nobody yeah. should anybody who likes One Wing Angel, <laughs> it's a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I stand behind that 100 percent. I don't care what anybody says. It's a terrible, terrible. You know, track. I just I have a feeling once once we make it big and people start to latch onto the meme, and we have a PO box and we do a PO box opening stream one day, you know, five years from now, no, it's all gonna be one, one wing don't angel merch. I just feel it, dude. Hate it so much. He's not just, even just he's LPs. Not even uniquely, he's not even uniquely the one winged angel. No, he's not. That's because the only, they, they fucked it all up. They fucked it, they all fucked up. it all up. And they will, everybody's going to get a chance to see how much they fucked up because I do believe, was it, uh, is it December? Crisis yeah. Court's coming out in December. Yeah. So you're about to realize why I hate just the concept of One Winged Angel in general. I mean, the song was shit to begin with, right? Even in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. One Winged Angel was a garbage <laughs> track. But I think it's just, it was just a nice, just like, I don't know, just like some sweetness sprinkled on top and the fact that he wasn't even the only one-winged angel. He was not even unique no, in the fact that he was so a one-winged many. angel. And so that just, that gives me much more joy to say that not only is the one-winged angel concept shit, the music was shit too. So that makes sense to me. 
Mm. Like, oh, okay. So they didn't have enough respect for the One Winged Angel song. And so they obviously didn't have enough respect for the One Winged Angel concept in the lore 100%. Yeah, they so were, they were ready I feel to vindicated. Yeah. I feel vindicated. You should. You should. You have a little bit of closure here today. A little bit. You know what? You can save uh, your next uh, therapy session with betterhelp.com uh, by, by being not sponsored. <laughs> we are not sponsored. But if we were, uh, you guys should reach out. Um, yeah. And they would, they would say like, no, that was, that was a terrible advertisement. Yeah. That was help. terrible. Good job guys. That was a terrible. Um, Jesus. So we got more, <laughs> we, we still got, got more games, games leaving. November Let's 30th. not talk about final fantasy uh, for a bit. Um, <laughs> mind scanners, uh, mortal shell, mortal shell, mortal shell, uh, space warlord, organ trading simulator. Not going to lie. I probably want to play that. That sounds, sounds hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Undungeon and Warhammer 40,000 Battle Sector, whatever the fuck that is. Oh, there's so many Warhammer 40,000 So games. many. So here's the thing, like, before we get on to, like, the actual crap that's kind of going on in the news in the past couple of weeks, uh, I did find it interesting that Warhammer is probably one of the... Um, one of the easiest one of the easiest licenses to get like apparently whoever owns water warhammer 40,000 they'll give it out to anybody they don't give a shit yeah, they, they i'm just, actually shocked i'm actually shocked that we have like some legit decent games in the in the franchise yeah well, they just made that uh teeth and blood the fucking shooter game that that plays like metal slug and apparently what? everybody is like this is the fucking diamond in the rough for, for 2020 really? yeah they're like this game fucks like everybody who's played it has lost their fucking minds oh, and man. it doesn't it's cartoon i mean it is it is metal slug but yeah. warhammer that's it that's, that's the whole fucking game that sounds amazing yeah that actually sounds amazing <laughs> yeah i want to play it now yeah i think Shit. it's on sale uh on steam right now and a couple other places again. It's cyber. We need it. Like, does Steam have affiliate links? Like, we need to have affiliate links for that shit. We should. You know what I mean? We fucking up. God, we fucking, fucking up all these goddamn games. One day we'll make money off of this shit. One day. <laughs> One day. Until then, I'll just I'll stay at my six figure job with my PTO and four hundred one k matching. Oh, this sucks, dude. Mm. Man, speaking of money, <laughs> Google. Stadia. Yes. So, hey, man, Google, if you were part of the Stadia debacle, <laughs> hey, they're giving you money for the holidays, man. You're getting you're getting Christmas money that you can spend. Potentially, maybe you won't get it until January, but Google Stadia. <laughs> that's just in time they, for the big uh, release in windows in February, so you're that's good. That's true. That is true. Uh, fuck. Now that you said that, it, it reminds me, one of, the, one of the games got moved to March in February. I forget which one it was. You called it. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Um, fucking, what was it? Um, Dead Island. Dead Island oh, got moved that's, April. Ooh. Oh, I was so upset. I was so upset. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. But just just know, guys, that I'm upset that Dead Island is no longer going to be released in February. I was looking so much forward to playing that game in February. But it is what it is. Um, but again, uh, Google Stadia, refunds. So... It was a couple of a couple of months ago. Uh, Google announced that they were shutting down Stadia, and that the service itself is going to be shutting down in Jan I think I believe it's January eighteenth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, January eighteenth, twenty twenty three is the last time you'll be able to access your Google Stadia Pro library. So all of the purchases that you've made, 
with the Google Stadia service, January 18th, 2023 is the last time you're going to be able to access that. So definitely get on that. Um, take advantage of the service. If this was a service that you loved, you have until January 18th to play the hell out of everything. But until then, uh, starting, I believe it was earlier this month, Google is going to start refunding your purchases that you've made through the Stadia store. So software, games, add-on content, um, believe even microtransactions, all that shit. That's going to be refunded to you since you're no longer going to have access to it. And that's that's not even counting if some of these... I almost knocked over my beer. That's not even counting if some of these developers aren't coming up with a way to kind of like help you transition from your old Stadia account to, you know, having Ubisoft or um, Destiny, right? So if you play yeah. Destiny, your your account is basically locked into the Stadia platform, Bungie may come up with a way for you to transfer over into, uh, you know, a more a more public-facing uh, service. So despite all of that, Google will be refunding every purchase that you made through the Google Stadia store, whether it's software, transactions, or hardware. You're going to be... So if you purchased it through the, the Stadia store, whatever you purchased it with, that card that was on file at the time that you made the purchase, you will be receiving refunds to that same payment method. And I believe it's anything anything under 20 purchases, you will get a single line item emailed letting you know that this purchase has been refunded. Anything above 20 purchases is going to be coming as a single email that's going to have a line item list of everything that's being refunded. Um, oh. They're going to try to make a good faith effort. Um, so like if the credit card has been canceled at that point, you no longer have access to that. They're going to try to find ways. They're going to try to contact you through email to try to get it, uh, get it situated. Well, that, oh. That's good news. Yeah. The it bad is good news. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of bad news. I mean, honestly, like this is, this is actually pretty prosumer. Um, um, but you know, but it says any hardware that you've purchased outside of Google's. Yeah. I mean, obviously like they don't have control over yeah. that stuff. So, you know, if you purchased some, some Stadia hardware through like Best Buy, you know, if you purchased a package through them, obviously that's between you and Best Buy. <clears throat> they yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to uh, refund those purchases. Um, but they have stopped uh, charging for the pro service. Mm -hmm. So if you did have, um, you know, a, a, um, like a monthly pro service membership, like you don't, you no longer have to pay for the pro service. You'll just have access to the pro service from, from now until the, uh, the service ends in January, which isn't too far from now. This is like a month and a half, maybe yeah. even like a month and a couple of weeks, you know, something like that. Um, but you know, as you said, um, if you did purchase this stuff outside of the Stadia store, uh, that's that's between you and whatever retailer you purchase from. So you're not necessarily going to get a refund for that. But if you stuck around in the the Google ecosystem, man, like you're going to be getting going to be getting some cash. You're going to be getting some cash back to uh, to spend elsewhere. So, yeah, good that on ain't them. Too bad. Good yeah, that them. ain't too bad. Because you got to have fun with the system for a while. You got to have fun with all the games, all the yeah. microtransactions. Like you said, you just get that fucking money back, dog. Mm hmm. That ain't fucking so, bad. You were a, you were a beta tester, mm -hmm. you know, and now they got mm -hmm. everything they needed out of you. And in order to avoid any kind of like uprising from from the consumer base, they're giving you your money back. 
we're still we still haven't heard much about the developers who <laughs> who are uh, <laughs> supposed to be releasing games um uh, you know up until this point uh i i have heard rumors that google is working with like some of the reps for these development studios and kind of getting a a sense of the time and effort that they spent and then mm -hmm. converting that into kind of like a dollars Ooh. amount in order to uh, reimburse developers for you know spending time to to create a a stadia version of whatever game whether it was a port or uh, a unique game and reimbursing them for their time spent that ain't I, bad man that ain't bad. I, it, it ain't bad it ain't bad uh i'm assuming that maybe there's some some legal shit surrounding that so we may not necessarily hear um specifics about what the reimbursement is but i haven't had any kind of like sense that developers are still like super super pissed and upset about what's going on so either they got they got tired of screaming at google because of their inaction or <laughs> maybe there is some sort of process in place and so they're they're kind of staying quiet until all that plays out you know what i mean yeah like you so said we'll i mean this is this is one of the first prosumer things uh we've seen in a long time yeah it's not cheap it's not it's not cheap it's <laughs> not I'm I mean, it's kind of it. like it's it's a little mix of good and bad news. You know yeah. what I mean? Pokemon, yeah, Scarlet and Violet sold through ten million units, ten million units over the course of like three days, dude. Three days. That is the fastest selling Pokemon game, the fastest selling Switch game, the fastest selling Nintendo game, and fastest selling console exclusive game ever yeah ever holy shit so so many goddamn units these it, these guys pushed out the week that it saw that it came out it was 97 it, it consumed 97 percent of all game sales in japan 97 percent that is I, I that's so much it's not that a, so much. That's fucking, that kind of blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a little bittersweet. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also probably one of the worst rated mainline Pokemon games. As a 30 released. on Metacritic. The Yeah, the user score. The user score. Metacritic, as far as like from the critics perspective, it's sitting at a 74, which is probably one of the worst. I mean, it's not like... It's not as worse as something like the you know spinoffs or anything like that, but yeah. for a mainline Pokemon game, it's one of the worst. Uh, the user score is a two point nine. Oh, is it hovering around? Oh, maybe it was something a three. like that. I thought it was thirty. God it damn! It might it might be it might be close to it might be close to a three now. Holy shit! Um, because people are upset. It's got a few bugs. It's got a few bugs. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I have a compilation, one of many compilations There's that so people many. have been posting on Twitter because some of these bugs are kind of out of control. I, I, I don't know if they're necessarily game breaking, although I have heard that there are some game breaking bugs, but it just looks jank as shit. 
is, you can is jump probably off the of best. A, you can jump off of a small ledge, like out in the open world, and you will uh-huh. clip through the fucking world and just fall into the game just stops. Uh, a lot of the IGN uh, writers uh-huh. uh, who've been uh, testing the game so they can make a review, every time there were multiple people who had this, every time they touched a ladder, the game would just crash. Didn't matter. Didn't matter where the fuck the ladder was. They would pop off of their Pokemon, touch the ladder, game died. Every fucking time. Yikes. Uh, so there, there are a lot of game ending and game breaking bugs in this for sure. I think the biggest issue outside of the the bugs is just the fact that the frame rate is so dog shit. Like on the it top end, dog shit. on the top yeah. end, it's sub 30, which it is. if it was 30, that's great. But in a lot of places, this shit is 10. Yeah. It's fucking bad. And then like there's there's scenes where there are Pokemon running, like a crowd of Pokemon running with you, and your character's running it. <laughs> the, the one on the screen with the Pokemon riding you, what the fuck? <laughs> YouTube is in for a surprise. Uh <laughs> the fucking twerking guy. This is great. All of these bugs it's are fucking good. phenomenal. They're phenomenal. <laughs> they're they're fucking funny as shit. But the They are. The, the shit in the foreground and the background, the Pokemon that run beside you sometimes, you're running at whatever frame rate you can be. So, you know, 20 to 30. Everything yeah. else around you looks like a fucking claymation, like 12 FPS type of bullshit. It is. Right. It, it's it's kind of rough. It, it's it's pretty extreme. So for for those who aren't don't necessarily pay attention to this stuff too much. Typically, um, especially with uh, with Switch games, uh, open world Switch games, if uh, if you are if you are running around the o- the the open world, right, um, things in a distance, you know, whether they're like enemy characters, uh, you know, NPCs and things like that, in order to save on CPU cycles and things like that, they update at a lower frame rate, so. If the game itself, like in your immediate vicinity, is 60 frames per second, then objects in the distance will animate at like 30 frames per second. Uh, Pokemon is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is taking it to like a whole new level. Like things immediately in front of you are animated in like 15 frames per second, and then it progressively gets worse the further you go out. Yeah. So there are some videos where you can see things like windmills that are spinning in the distance. Like as you slowly just walk away from it, you can see the physical, physical frame rate drop from like 15 to like seven to like two to one till eventually it just stops animating the, 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 I don't know what you call it. Fins. That's probably, that's probably not a correct term, but the the blades blades on the, the, yeah, the blades on the windmill will just stop turning because you've gotten, too far away from it and in order to save for uh, in order to maintain that sub 30 frames per second that the game runs at it's just going to stop animating that windmill as soon as you get it's not even like a far distance away from it you know what i mean yeah it's just you get far enough from it and then it's like nope we're not animating anything else you you know the scene in breath of the wild where you walk out of the cave and you walk up on the hill and it shows you the plateau you're on yeah and you're just like and it plays some music and you're you're shown the first bit of area that you're about to see. That is an open world game. It's beautiful. Even, even with some of the frame drops that happen way off in the fucking distance, it's not so fucking overbearing because there's a gradual change. Pokemon, when you walk out, because they have the same exact type of scene where they show you the area that you're in. 
They're like, hey, th- you're about to go out and explore this stuff. And they take you up on a cliff and they, they show you. They, they, another character just points out, hey, look at that. And you see that. <laughs> and it looks like dog shit. It is fucking PS1 style textures uh, in this game. It is wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play it uh, because Me I too. always play Pokemon games. Yeah. And uh, like the most recent generations, I'll probably stop immediately. <laughs> I have not enjoyed a Pokemon game in so long, and I buy all of them. Now, that being said, they are saying that story and gameplay-wise, Phenomenal. Notch. Yeah, they said top it's notch. some of the best. Yeah. They said the ending to this game is the best ending a Pokemon game has ever had, and it's touching. Well, and I was like, wow, what the fuck? I know. So I know. I so if you can and, and apparently mo- most people are going to most people are going to be able just to block this kind of stuff out. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. That's fine. I think what it comes down to is you should as a consumer, you should expect more from a company, especially a company that's pumping out $60 titles, mm-hmm. especially a company who kind of has expectations that a certain percentage of you are going to pay $120 like this dumb fuck over and here me. and me that you're going to spend a hundred and twenty fucking dollars because you got to get both. Yeah. Here's a crazy, here's some crazy stuff that I found out mm-hmm. is somebody, you know, because these game these games leak all the time. You know, it's, it's super common for Nintendo switch games to, to leak early. Somebody was able to take, I believe it was violet, and it's like it's like two lines of code. It's like two lines of code, and you can swap it over to Scarlet. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's. I don't think this was a surprise to anybody. These are not two distinct games. I think the only thing that can't be readily fixed by true. that two line. Yeah, the only thing that can't be readily fixed with uh <clears throat> with this is I think I believe is a legendary. That's it. Everything else, like you swap a couple of lines of code, bam, you're playing the other game. Damn. You're paying $120. We're paying $120. Yeah, we're paying $120 for this shit. We should expect a little bit more. A little bit. Yeah. To be fair, if I encounter any of these bugs like we're seeing on screen with just random NPCs twerking till their heads fucking spin off, you know what? Best game in the world. I'm, I'm totally into it. That was my... That was some of my favorite parts of Skyrim is the wild bugs. Like you would get slapped by an enemy and you would just shoot to the fucking moon. I remember that. Those fucking trolls, dude. Yeah. Those big ass trolls. They'd smack you. Like I remember once when I was playing and this wasn't like, this wasn't like at release. This was like, this is today. It's still there. (laughs) They never baked those bugs out. I bought Skyrim for like $5. Yeah. And when I played it, on my, your my companion character, yeah, my on your fridge, dude. My companion character got smacked by a troll and she got launched into the fucking air. Yeah. It just kind of disappeared. Although she did kind of like fall back down to earth like a few minutes later. I was super fucking confused that entire time. I'm just like, she coming back. Dude, that was my like, favorite part of Skyrim. <laughs> so the the compilation videos of the bugs, just like yeah. how your horse, just like in Witcher Three, like how your horse Dude. can just scale anything doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, 
Uh, I don't know. If a game comes out buggy and people can accept the bugs, it becomes a feature. And that maybe that's how I need to go into this game is these aren't bugs. These are features. Um, I don't think it's quite on the same level, though. Yeah, uh, you're gaslighting yourself, bro. Maybe. Yeah, well, you I gotta, are. I got to, to Kinda get myself to. to play this motherfucker. To justify it, I get it. Yeah, I get it. So, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I, I do. I have done the same thing. Uh, I haven't done this yet, but I think I want to do it. Um, so one of the one of the benefits of buying physical games is that usually the version on the disc is most likely the worst pre it's the worst because it's usually the version of the game that doesn't include like the day one launch patch that most games come with now. Mm -hmm. So for example, cyberpunk 2077, super, super, um, super popular game to shit on when it, when it was released because it was legit terrible. I have, I have, uh, I think PS4 and an Xbox version of the of the disc uh from release date and man that is something else like i've had instances where opening the door just crashes the game every time i finish like a major uh main quest story campaign like quest crashes damn consistently just right back down to the damn dashboard like i i want to say that i i want to say that at least at least like the the autosave like properly uh you know saves where you're supposed to be so you don't lose out on a whole bunch you just have to reload the game wait for the the initial load times launch your save game wait for that to load and then finally like complete the main quest mission properly you know that that makes me think that in eventually buying a game a physical copy of a game is going to come with a physical disc or cartridge or whatever. You're going to load it in, and that is going to act as a CD key that tells you to download the game. I don't think games are going to be on discs anymore. I mean, uh, they kind of already do that. Yeah. I mean, you cannot, uh, you can't play most games when you stick them in. The Call of Duty, I think Modern Warfare 2, uh, the 2022 version of Modern Warfare 2, um, I think some people have already found out that the discs themselves um don't have relatively game. little data on it it doesn't really it doesn't really do much it's basically used as like as you were saying just kind of like a a license DRM. key verification yeah uh just to verify that you did indeed purchase the game and to go ahead and download because i mean like in modern warfare 2's defense like i think the full game is like something like 100 fucking gigabytes jesus yeah so even like on PS5, you're probably looking at like two discs in order to get everything on it. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And if you're if you're a Switch person, you're probably already used to it. Anytime that you have like game compilations, there's there's, ton, there's a ton. There's a ton of like game compilations that you can purchase for a single, you know, single purchase. Yeah. Most of the most of the time you have maybe a game on the cartridge, one of the games from the compilation, the rest are like, the rest are downloaded. Yeah. You know That's what, I mean? what they did with the Mega Man collections. Um, you get a couple on the disc and then everything else is, you, you get a code for the rest. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. 
I can not 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 kind of ha- not really happy the direction we're going in, but yeah. you know it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I had to get over with PC mm-hmm. when Steam got released. I was like, this is never gonna take off. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like I want to purchase a physical thing, and then the first time I downloaded um, a Steam game, like way back in like I think it was like 2003 or some dumb shit like that. Um, ever since then. I just I haven't cared. I haven't cared about PC and I'm sure I'll get the I'll get the same way about consoles, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to keep holding on until uh so actually interesting interestingly enough, I do believe that boutique uh physical games are going to be probably our main source of purchasing. Yeah. uh physical physical media at this point. Yep. I do think I do think limited run games has uh just this niche hold on physical media industry and at some point when uh, as long as console manufacturers keep some sort of disk drive available um we will see some games you know probably not like triple a games or anything like that but we will see some games getting pressed on disc so if the ps6 has a has a uh has a disk drive or the Xbox Series X2 or whatever the fuck they're going to call it, if that has a disk drive, I guarantee you that if everybody else decides to go digital only, uh, companies like Limited Run Games will will still keep pressing discs uh, for those consoles. And, um, you know, we'll see. There are rumors that Sony is is coming out with a new PS5 that's going to have, like, an attachable disk drive. So if Sony does indeed go down that route and let's let's say the PS6 or something has an optional disk drive attachment that you don't have to pay for, you know, just an optional disk drive attachment, then I do believe at that point, regardless of whether or not Sony and other publishers come out with physical discs, there will be some demand and limited run games and other companies like it will probably still press discs. So it's... It's kind of it's from from a consumer's perspective, it's kind of shit because if you aren't part of the original like pre-order window, then you know you're probably gonna have to spend, you know, ungodly amounts of money to to actually get the discs yourself. But I mean, that's kind of like where we're heading in. So Yeah. Yeah, it I, is what I it kind is. of agree. It's kind of shit, yeah. but you know, what are you gonna do? Speaking of what you gonna do, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and switch over to Microsoft. And their legal issues with uh, the UK CMA and potentially the US uh, Federal Trade Commission, which did say that they are likely to um, to challenge the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I'm not going to talk too much about it because obviously there are a lot of people invested in it. If you are hardcore Xbox, if you are hardcore Sony, you probably have a lot of opinions. And... Um, to be honest, nobody gives a shit about your opinions. Yep. Um, and I say that because it's all about tough love. I I think it's hilarious that people love to talk about what these people are doing in legal proceedings and taking them at face value. Um, there's really nothing to there's really nothing to discuss. You guys can talk about the efficacy of what they're talking about you can make fun of you know sony saying like call of duty super important you know all you want but 
the end of the day, it's a uh, it's a corporate slap fight between yep. two uh, two multinational, multi-billion. I think Microsoft's a trillion dollar company. Who gives a fuck? Like in all seriousness, who gives a shit? I can't believe people are super interested about this dry ass content. You know, it's a seventy billion dollar acquisition. There's going to be a little bit of scrutiny. Yeah. You know, Brazil, and I believe, I think it's one of the, I think it's like South Korea or some shit. They don't give a shit. You know, this is, Sony has made it about Call of Duty. And the reason being is because Call of Duty in the UK and in the US is a large ass franchise. Tons of money is being generated off of that. Sony being the leading platform for Call of Duty likes money as I think we all do. Mm-hmm. And the possibility of letting that money just kind of disappear doesn't make anybody happy. So yeah, Sony's going to say that Call of Duty is the most important franchise to ever fucking exist. More important than God of War, more important than Ratchet and Clank, more important than any game Sony's first party studios are going to make because they love money. Yeah. And if you're going to make an argument, you got to tell them, that it's going to take money away and that's going to suck. Of course. And Microsoft is going to come back and be like, nah, Call of Duty is actually kind of garbage. It's a <laughs> shit franchise that, you know, doesn't warrant what, you know, Sony is trying to claim it to be. Of course they're going to say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't they? Arguing, a- over, <laughs> arguing over legal tactics in order to have these companies get their way, it's kind of retarded. That makes you dumb. So please stop. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, there's, there's really like, you can make fun of these companies the way that they're talking, but I mean, that's, that's how legal proceedings go, guys. Yeah. It's going to sound ridiculous. I mean, like, it's going to sound super ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, most, most legal proceedings win over like dumb shit. Like if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Like I can't believe that that was like a line that just like got someone yeah. voted not, not guilty, but not innocent, but not guilty. Yeah. Um, he got, OJ got raked over the coals and the, uh, it wasn't the criminal. The, I think it was the, what was it? Oh, what do they call it? Civ- civil trial. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> civil lawsuit. Civil wise. Yeah. Man, he, he lost like his trophies. He lost everything. everything. He went to jail later on for, stealing them back for people i'm not gonna i can't i can't fault oj for that (laughs) if uh if i worked hard to get like a heisman trophy Mm -hmm. and then i accidentally killed my wife and her cheating ass boyfriend Mm -hmm. you know i might have accidentally cut their heads off in a fit of rage Mm -hmm. i'd be upset about those heisman trophies too yeah Yeah. and i probably would write a book about how i might have done it but i didn't but yeah. if I might have, you know, if I... If I did, that's how I would have done it. If Yeah, you know, because, like, apparently it was an amateur hour. OJ is not amateur, guys. Let's, come on. So, that's all I really, I'm really going to say. Like, I don't, I don't care about the, the details about the Microsoft acquisition. It's probably going to go through. Yeah. And then everybody's going to, everybody's going to go back and bitch about something else. Yeah, it is I, what it is. Yeah, I, I, I think from a consumer standpoint, uh, you're just going to be getting your games on like a different platform for a little bit. Um, Maybe. Or they'll yeah. just cut a deal where, you know, like Call of Duty is only 
on one platform and they just go, fine, fuck it. If this is the way that this goes through here, fucking take it. Who gives a shit? We get all of Blizzard (laughs) and all of Activision and we just print money for eternity. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of options. Like, let's say that Microsoft does take Call of Duty exclusive to the Microsoft platform, becomes Mm -hmm. a free game that you get on Game Pass just in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. You only pay for you know, battle passes and cosmetics and stuff like that. Sell your PS five, buy an Xbox. Oh like, my God. Do you, you go. think this is why overwatch two went battle pass mode? Since I think they, I think it went battle pass mode. Cause it like money. They yeah. like reoccurring revenue. But I wonder, I wonder if there was like some type of thing where they were like talking to uh, Microsoft and they were like, Hey, this is going to end up on like, everything for free at some point once we buy you no i no. i think what the issue is is that with these kind of games mm-hmm. um because you have a you know you have yeah fortnite PUBG, i guess to a lesser extent apex legends mm-hmm. <clears throat> fucking league of legends you have all of these like well, i mean like freemium i guess is what they yeah. would call it so you know you get in for free but yo twenty dollars dude you get this Dope ass skin for your gun. Yeah. Only one skin for one gun, but it's dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they find that when you don't pay for something like one of those games that, you know, you may, you may just kind of like freely spend on like smaller items, smaller purchases. And it, it may, um, outweigh the costs of charging like, you know, a 60 or $70 upfront cost. I think that's where they're headed towards Okay, that maybe overwatch doesn't demand, uh, enough people to spend, you know, even like a small amount of money, 20, 30 bucks, you know, that it's, it's better to have a whole bunch of people just dive into the game at no cost, no upfront cost, and then just kind of charge, you know, charge people for skins, charge people for loot boxes, charge people for battle passes, you know, uh, give, give them some reason to log in every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing that, uh, Halo Infinite did when it was released. That's why they went free to play. You know, they needed that influx of users. They didn't want to have to charge a $60 upfront fee in order to get the multiplayer version of Halo Infinite. So they just gave it away. Yeah. The campaign itself, you wanted, they had, they made you pay for it, but for multiplayer, you can download it right now and you can play. And what you're going to find is that you are encouraged. Uh, if you want to, if you want to participate in the battle pass, you know, you have to log in every day, uh, you know, complete challenges and things like that in order to uh, power up your battle pass, in order to get XP, in order to, you know, increase levels in your battle pass. And they have enough levels in your battle pass that, you know, you have to spend a significant amount of time playing you know certain modes you know playing certain objectives and things like that that's how they are attempting to get engagement with their game they need that you know they need that 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 stick with the carrot to dangle in front of you in order to to keep you uh, logged in and keep you coming back because otherwise once they lose you you know they they know that people will will uh, you know migrate over to something that does yep and so everybody's trying to trying to utilize these kind of methods in order to maintain a user base. Well, I mean, the methods because, fucking work. Yeah, they, they do work. Yeah. That's why, that's why everybody basically has the same sort of structure. 
They need you to come in, uh, hopefully daily, mm -hmm. in order to make progress towards this arbitrary battle pass in order to unlock some really dope-ass uh, skins or emblems or whatever the hell that they're using. So that's that's why that's why uh, Overwatch did it, and I'm until until they until these companies figure out something else. I have a feeling that a lot of these style of games are going to be utilizing similar ways of, of trying to get people engaged. But uh, before we move on, j I just wanted to shout out uh, one YouTuber um, okay. it is Hoag Law, Hoag, okay. H-O-E-G Law on YouTube, corporate lawyer. If you really love like diving into like the like the the detailed bits of like Sony's response, Microsoft's response from somebody who actually knows what the hell they're talking about, check this dude out. Uh, I'll, I think by the time this podcast releases, uh, I'll try to link his, his YouTube channel in the, in the description of this podcast. Um, and, uh, for podcast listeners, um, I'll go ahead and probably put it in like, you know, whatever in the description of the podcast for whatever platform you use. Um, so if you, if you got like, you know, tens of hours to spend and want to like sift through, like, individual lines and like these legal contracts, these legal disputes do it and, you know, come from a, from a lawyer's perspective about, you know, whether or not these arguments are, are good or whether they're terrible, then definitely check them out. Uh, I got, I got into this dude, I think back when, uh, I think Epic and Apple were kind of like duking it out oh. and his insight into the Epic and Apple, uh, lawsuit that, that happened, uh, was pretty on point. So, um, you know, he doesn't seem to have like any sort of like real bias against any of these companies. He mostly looks at it from like, you know, as a lawyer, when you read what some other lawyers write down, like, ah, oh, this actually, this is, this makes sense. Or like, this is kind of, this is dumb. Like this doesn't sway me at all kind of thing. So if you're more into that legal analysis, check out Hoag Law, um, for more information. He has a playlist with tens of hours of this, of this crap. If you really want to sift through it. I've done it. I uh, probably not, probably not so much at this point because law law stuff is is boring as hell. Super super brain training. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you got to be really passionate about this shit. Yeah, uh, legalese type of talk. Um, like we talked about earlier, is uh, super fucking. I don't know. It's just not fun. Um, so it's hats off fun. to people who, uh, who got their doctorate yeah. in law, uh, and, uh, bust their ass in this shit every day. So, yeah, honestly, like don't pay attention to people on the internet, pay attention to people who actually know what the hell they're talking about. And that's probably going to be a corporate lawyer, dude, that's, which is, which is hog law. So yeah, check that's them out. some good fucking advice. <laughs> All right. So, uh, interestingly enough, so as a, as a channel, as a YouTube channel, uh, we've been experimenting with shorts. Uh, we've been experimenting with uh, clipping out sections in our podcast as, you know, a little bit more manageable chunks instead of dealing with the hours of of just filth that comes out of our mouth during these during these sessions. And one of the things that I noticed, at least, is that people really, really are paying attention to uh, the melting 12 pin connector with the NVIDIA 4090 cards. Yeah that has been happening people are super interested about it so uh, i think the last time we talked about this 
we had some YouTube channels who were trying to replicate this, this melting situation, right? Yeah. And I think what we found out is that nobody was really able to successfully find a way to get these cables to melt in a way that kind of made sense from like an electrical perspective, you know, trying to find some faults in the design of these cables. Well, Gamers Nexus, great bunch of, great bunch of guys, finally made it happen. They finally got one of those stupid octopus style dongle cables for the 4090 to melt. And honestly, like the findings, probably not going to want to hear this, guys. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so there, so there, there's a couple of possibilities is what they found out. Okay. So one of the possibilities is what they're calling foreign object debris. So when you manufacture these cables, there are, there are chances that maybe like, you know, during the molding of the plastics, during the, you know, some of like, I think, I think the connectors themselves, like where the pins actually like connect, like from a connector perspective are like made out of some sort of metal, maybe copper or something like that, or maybe some sort of alloy over the copper, you know, sometimes this, Sometimes these manufacturing processes um, introduce things like, you know, shavings, metal shavings, or maybe burrs in the metal during yeah. the manufacturing process. And so that can cause kind of connection points. Um, and in this case, with all of this power uh, flowing through these connectors, maybe hotspots. So that is a possibility. So it, there could have been like metal shavings or maybe burrs in uh, where the pins connect uh, on the connector itself that were causing some hot spots that were causing some um, like in high increases in heat. But, you know, that maybe isn't the case necessarily, but it's a possibility. Um, and it increases in likelihood that you could have issues with the, with this foreign object debris. If maybe like me, you were paranoid about your, you know, your, your dongle melting. And so you unplugged it and inserted it back in multiple times, just, just to verify that your cable wasn't melting. You know, the stress is, I heard they can only be plugged in and unplugged so many times before they consider it broken. Yes. So these type, these styles of plugs typically, uh, and this is standard by the way, this is not like a a fault with the, with the connector itself. This is just kind of a standard. Uh, practice is that typically 30 cycles is the the life of these these kinds of connectors so 30 i don't know if it's a it's a physical like unplug and you know reinsertion but 30 cycles typically is a standard life for these styles of connectors so if you're unplugging replugging because is it melting is it melting i don't know it's not hot let me check to make sure that it's not melting you could be, you know, scraping. Melt. <laughs> yeah, you could be scraping against like some of the metal on the inside of the connectors. You could be introducing, um, like I said, debris. You could be introducing metal shavings, you know, things like that. You know, at the points of contact where these these connectors, like you have to have like metal on metal contact in order to like, you know, have the electricity to flow. So doing this could inadvertently cause a melting incident. Yeah. 
However, okay, that really isn't what most of these findings found. When mo- what they really found is you're kind of dumb as shit. Sorry, guys. Unfortunately, it seems that the majority of the reason why these cables were melting was from user error. And it's not necessarily the fact that you're dumb, although maybe it is a little bit. Um, But it may come down to just the way the connector was designed. That is a possibility. And, and, and if you want to blame anybody, that's not NVIDIA. You know, the, the, the standards body is called PCI SIG. They're the ones that dictate how these connectors are designed mm-hmm. and how they're meant to work. So for, for those watching YouTube, um, one of the clear signs that these connectors were melting because of user error is because of wear marks that they were finding on the connector. There is a distinct line that's running down these connectors that shows like where the melting incident happened. Like at the time that it started to melt, the the temperature difference between the connector that was inserted in and the one that was actually exposed because it wasn't fully seated, there's a distinct line that runs down these connectors letting you know like, yo, this this connector was actually like four or five millimeters unseated from the actual connector itself on the card. So the theory is, and again, this probably goes down to the fact of how this connector was designed, is that you got to really, really like push in to get a fully seated connection. You push enough where it looks like it's all the way in, but what Gamers Nexus found is that even though it looks fully inserted, you can kind of just wiggle it and pull it out without a whole bunch of force, you know? And this kind of comes down to, it reminds me of kind of like RAM. Some people are super scared about shoving in RAM, you know what I mean? You gotta push that bitch until it clicks. Yeah. It feels like it's gonna break every time. Yeah. So I think there are some people who are, you know, because it's it's expensive electronics, right? Like you yeah. don't want to you don't want to inadvertently like you know shove, you know, what I'm saying like a, a square into a round hole type of thing. It's the same as when you put your 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 closing piece around your CPU when you replace it on your motherboard. That is a very hard press around that motherfucker, and you're like one scratch, it's dead. Right. One mishap, it's dead. And so maybe maybe people were just having the same thing with trying to push this motherfucker in. So. What kind of what kind of looks like what happened was you push in and you know and unfortunately this connector doesn't doesn't really necessarily have and I've experienced this myself. There's there's usually like um, a, a latch. Yeah. No, this one doesn't have a latch, but there's like so a, like, there's a, there is like a kind of a latch that kind of goes over and kind of secures it. But um, sometimes you don't really hear an audible click to let you know that it's in place. So I think maybe some people have were maybe uncomfortable, you know, putting a whole bunch of force. Yeah. And so they were just like, well, I guess it doesn't click and it looks like it's fully inserted. I'm going to call it done. Well, that's kind of a fucking design flaw. Cause you have to understand that users. Yeah. 
are are gonna fuck this up. They're gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna they're not gonna wanna and the crazy thing is is like if you watch gamers nexus videos you you see how they treat they treat graphics cards right yeah treat you them know like shit yeah they treat them like shit and they're just like nah like this thing they're built like tanks like yeah it's not a big deal you know you shouldn't be scared to to handle your your graphics card you know you're not gonna you're not gonna break it you know what i mean and in this instance this is kind of this is kind of one of the things that um i think was it's kind of being discovered about you, this is that do you remember how people used to fix their graphics cards like the 1080s and before when they would mess up um, a little bit not really no they would stick them in the oven and bake them oh <laughs> there you go i mean uh, you ain't gonna fuck these things up man Just... <laughs> reballing yeah reballing yeah i remember my graphics card was like acting weird my buddy's like you gotta stick it in the oven and bake it and i was like <laughs> I'll just get a new graphics card. Uh, <laughs> but shit, yeah, man, that's how you used to have to fix these motherfuckers. Yeah. And um, so what what most likely happened is that, um, and, and this is typical for, like, just cable management in general, uh, yeah. the graphics card was probably already installed on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you inserted the the dongle into the graphics card, and then, you know, you went, went to all of the arms on the on the octopus you know plugging in your plugging in your eight pin connectors from the from the psu and then you probably kind of like jostled it a bit to try to get like you know good cable management to make sure that it looked good in your case and in this instance if it wasn't fully inserted then you know with all of all of the movement with you know connecting the eight pins the cable management you know you probably rocked it around a little bit you probably Damn. were you probably shoved it to the side in order to make sure that um you know it fit wherever needed it to be and from what they found out it took about four millimeters of clearance so being being uh, lifted out of the connector about four millimeters and then pushed to the side oh that was typically the the scenario that actually resulted in the connector melting and as far as how widespread this was from their research from gamers nexus research they found out that the failure rate for these cards were probably 0.04 percent out of 125,000 sold cards they only verified about 50 failures and to nvidia's credit they are treating all of these with expedited rma processes that's regardless, regardless of whether it was user failure, which again, it seems like most of these burnt cables are, they're going to replace them regardless. So they're going to take care of you. And as far as like their official response, they are citing user error for the most part. Damn. But regardless, they're still going to take care of it. So if you had a cable melt, if it, um, if it melted a connector on your on your graphics card or you know you attempted to return it because of the a melted cable regardless of whether or not the the gpu was fine they're gonna replace it so you don't have to worry about it you know as as far as l's go this is not that fucking bad it's not necess- it's not really bad um i i mean typically typically with uh internal components inside of a computer once you take that bitch out of the box, you're fucked. 
Yeah, unless, unless it it's was like a legit a manufacturing. Yeah. yeah, unless it's some sort of manufacturing error. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll leave I'll leave a link to Gamers Nexus's video um, in uh, in the description uh, for this episode. Uh, just so you can, if you want to get into a little bit more of the finer details about what's going on, like they did a great job. They they actually sent uh, these connectors to like uh, these testing labs to get like you know like all kinds of crazy like you know microscope X-ray type shit on the connectors to to kind of check out what was going on. So it's uh it's good stuff, but I think at this point I don't. I can't say that I, I think like Gamers Nexus is in bed with NVIDIA that they have any reason to want to lie about this thing. So I think people can kind of calm down about I, the I cable. Agree. As long as you as long as it's fully inserted and you know like I said, these these cards are they're built like tanks. Especially right now. They're heavy as shit and they're as big as a PS5. You know, put a little put a little nut into it whenever you fucking you try to insert this thing. It's yeah. not going to hurt it. And, Shit, and man, I might try to ensure, yeah, try to, you know, put a decent amount of force, you know, don't try to rip the goddamn connector out of the, uh, out of the graphics card, but, you know, definitely get a, put a tug on it to make sure that it's fully seated. And at that point, even if it, even if it wasn't fully seated, if it come, if it comes out only a couple of millimeters from the, the actual connector itself, Gamers Nexus could not replicate a melting event, even if it was like shoved to the side. Like you, it had to be like extreme disconnection, at least four or five millimeters outside, pulled out of the socket itself, and then yanked to the side. You can see, like in the, at least on the YouTube side of of this podcast, you can see that the 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 connectors of the the uh, the pins of the connector, um, kind of like melted in a direction, like kind of like melted and bent. Yeah. to kind of like signal that yo like this thing was you know unseated about four or five millimeters and kind of like yanked to the side and these are like user cables these are not like from their testing these are user submitted cables that they have that they were kind of checking out so you can see that the fact that they were not properly inserted it you know shimmied out and then you know because of either cable management or just like you know because these things are super huge yeah the the cable itself was like shoved to the side and caused it to melt Maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna fix this connector. The PCI SIG consortium has to go through and maybe uh, change the way that these connectors are are designed in order to you know help users from you know at least give them confidence that it's fully inserted. But like I said, put in, put more force than you think you need into making sure that this thing is fully inserted. Give it a good tug to make sure that it's not gonna come out and you're good to go. Don't gotta worry about melting cables. Like I said, 0.04% of users out of 125,000. That's that's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. It sucks. No, really. You spent $2,000. But again, NVIDIA is going to take care of it, as far as we know so far, that they're accepting all RMAs regardless, and they're expedited. So you're good to go. You're good to go. Sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. That, you know yeah. what? That's, that's, not, that's not fucking bad, man. <laughs> it's not. I mean, they, they kind of had to. They kind of yeah, had to. To be fair. To be fair. Um, Deep breaths for and, this next one, though. Yeah. Okay. So this one, this one's a couple of years in the making, dude. Yeah. So did so did you did you hear about this when it first happened? I I heard 
some mutterings, like at the some back mutterings. of the pub. There were some nerds back there, and they were like, "Hey, you hear about this shit?" Uh, and and uh, I just let it gloss over me because I really fucking enjoyed the soundtrack, and I was like, "Man, I don't want this kind of spoil shit for me." Um, yeah. Ah, uh, but yikes! Here we go, man. And this one goes out to anybody, any creative, yeah, any contractor. Yeah. This is a lesson. Yeah, this is a lesson right here. So, a couple of weeks ago. Mick Gordon came out with a, a medium article and it's a long ass article. It is so long. It probably, it's probably going to take you an hour to get through all of it. And it's good because, you know, he describes his, uh, his process, how it works in the music industry and how you get paid for making video game music. And he also has like screenshots. He brought receipts. This motherfucker bought, bought, uh, brought receipts for everything that he went over. But if you have no idea what's going on between Mick Gordon and its software, we got to go back a couple of years. We got to go back to 2020. I remember this because I had purchased the Doom Eternal limited edition. And as part of the limited edition, you were guaranteed a soundtrack by Mick Gordon to be delivered with your collector's edition when it released in April of 2019. Unfortunately, not April, I'm sorry, November of 2019. It did not make that release date. It actually got pushed forward a bit into, I want to say it was like May or March or something like that. So when, uh, I think it was, I think it was like April, uh, it software puts out a notice like, Hey guys, um, so we're not going to have that doom eternal soundtrack ready. You're going to have to give us, I don't know, like a month. And then we'll provide it to you after the fact. So they weren't able to deliver the, the, the soundtrack in time for the collector's edition. And I remember being a little disappointed at the time. I was like, huh, that sucks. Well, so the soundtrack gets released. People on the internet, you know, they're going to, they're going to do their internet thing. Yep. And they were like, Hey, um, so there's like 57 tracks or some shit in the soundtrack. Uh, the ones that have Mick Gordon's name sound fantastic. But these other 47 tracks, they kind of sound like shit. What the hell's going on? And after all of that back and forth, hell, Mick Gordon was just like, hey, guys, uh, I didn't have nothing to do with those tracks. I don't know if I'm going to be working with it software again. Uh, you know, kind of like they were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. You know, and so it software decided to put out a statement. And how did they do that? They went to Reddit. Went to Reddit all, all places. They went to the Doom subreddit. Damn. So we had Marty Stratton, who is the executive producer of Doom Eternal, wrote what he called an open letter to the Doom community on Reddit. Reddit on fucking Reddit. He basically just threw Mick Gordon under the bus. And I remember reading it at the time and I was just like, yeah, Mick Gordon, he's like this diva. He thinks he's hot shit. He thinks he can be lazy, that he can't, that he can deliver tracks late for the soundtrack and cause us all to not have it at release day. And then puts out this, this fucking 
elementary bullshit with all of these like you know tracks that are clipped to shit i'll just like mick gordon is a piece of shit he is a piece of shit and that's basically what marty stratton wrote 2500 words i believe it was God basically damn. saying like hey man we gave him all we gave him all the time in the world we even gave him an extension we're like hey mick if you can if you can deliver us this music with the extension of one extra month we're gonna give you a bonus because that's what the doom fans need that's what they want. We want a quality soundtrack. And then they were like, and this is what he handed us. I don't know what to tell you. We had to release it. It's like Mick Gordon's Mick Gordon kind of sucks on guys. And so that's what we found out. And people were pissed. They're just like this Mick Gordon guy. Like, I don't care what he did with doom 2016. The soundtrack was balling as hell. Awesome. I love it. But man, He's uh he's got his head way up his ass. This fucking guy here thinks this he can pull guy. this shit. And so that's basically what we heard for like an entire two years. We just assumed that Mick Gordon was just some sort of like, you know, music creating producer diva guy. And it was just like, man, what a what an asshole. Yeah. That was May 4th, 2020. And that's kind of how it sat. People were just like, yeah, fuck Mick Gordon. I didn't know this you shit know. was going on so long. Yeah. November 9th, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. Mick Gordon was like, all right, done being silent. Here's my story. He wrote a Medium article. For some of the people that, that, that read it, especially from the legal side of things, they're like, this kind of sounds a little, sounds a little like... There is some legal proceedings going on. It sounds very lawyery yeah. with the way that they uh, he wrote it. So basically, for for people who don't know, the way that music producers write video game music is that you are you are under contract and you are under contract to produce a specific number of minutes of music okay. for the game. So you will be you will be paid for those for those minutes that are approved. Anything that you produce that is rejected is supposed to be scrapped. Nobody can use it. You can't use it. The company that you produced it for, who rejected it, can't use it. It's essentially dead. So you produce enough music that gets approved, and that's what you get paid for. And so that's that's basically what his his terms were when he started the project. His side of the story says that, and one last thing, for people who don't know, Doom's music is not just like just a couple of tracks looped as you play the game. It's dynamic. So they created this music system where essentially Mick Gordon produces like all of these bits and pieces. And based on what's happening in the game, this dynamic music engine basically pulls from all of these these clips from all of these stems or whatever you want to call them to produce something that kind of changes as you go through the game. That's what kind of makes it visceral. So the game is kind of like, you know, ambient when it needs to be. And then when shit goes down, it pulls from all of this stuff and produces something that gets, gets you moving, man. Like it really amps up. Like when you get into a fight, when you get into a situation where shit starts going down, it gets crazy. 
And so he had to produce 144 minutes, I believe, of this style of music. The problem was when he was when he was contracted in, the game itself was basically bare bones. And he was expected to produce, I believe, two tracks a week from essentially was just nothing. None of the levels were really ready. So he was unable to really kind of nail down like what kind of music was supposed to go in this level. The people who were developing the game didn't know what the hell these levels were about because they weren't completed yet. And in fact, for about 11 months, Mick Gordon wasn't even paid because of how early in development the game was that the audio people on id software side were reluctant to approve any music that Mick Gordon produced because it was unable to be tested with the state of the game as it was at that point in time. Holy shit. How the hell how the hell can you approve music to be used in the level if the level itself doesn't really exist at that point? It's just an idea on like a whiteboard yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? So that kind of sucked. He was attempting to kind of do what I guess people do in these kind of situations. You try to get meetings with developers. You try to get meeting with some of these producers to kind of like work something out. So he was attempting to kind of get people together in order to help him understand what their vision of this level or the vision of the game was in order to produce music that they were going to like, that they were going to approve because otherwise if it gets rejected, you spent all that time producing music that ends up just getting tossed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's wasted time. So if you're not spending your valuable time on something that's actually going to be utilized in whatever project you're working on, why even do it? You know, you're con he was, he was under contract to produce two tracks a week. Yeah. And so if you spend the entire time producing stuff that's just ultimately rejected. And then it's just like, well, you still owe us all of this content that you were under contract for. Just like, well, what the fuck have I been doing for the past, you know, like months? What the hell have I been doing for the past half year? You've rejected everything yeah. that I've given you because you have no idea what this game is or what any of this stuff is at this point. So wasted time. You know what I mean? On top of that, Unbeknownst to him, the collector's edition was announced and they specifically called out that Mick Gordon was going to be producing the Doom Eternal soundtrack that was going to be included in the Doom's collector's edition and the Doom Eternal collector's edition. So here's the thing. As I said, the music in Doom is based on this dynamic thing that goes on. It's not a fucking soundtrack. It's bits and pieces of sounds, soundscapes, ambient sounds that are built, that are combined together to form whatever you hear in game. It's not, it's not a produced music track. So you can't, just, you can't just pull this out. That's not how Doom soundtrack works. So basically, what should have happened is that he would have been given another contract saying, hey, we're going to pay you to produce a proper Doom Eternal soundtrack. Problem was... Nobody had told him up to that point. They had used it as a bullet point in the collector's edition, but he hadn't been given a contract up at that point. So, you know, there was really no legal way that um, he could have produced a soundtrack. He's not under contract. 
Like oh. if somebody told you, it's like, trust me, bro, we're going to, we're going to pay you, you know, we'll get everything to you in, in writing, but we need you to work on it now type thing. Nah, bro, you don't work for free. That's not how it works. If you're a contractor, you wait until you get that paper in front of you. You sign the agreement to make sure that they don't renege on their deal. You don't want to work for free. And this is not, unfortunately, the first time that Bethesda uh, has kind of screwed him over. So he knew better than that. So he was like, yo, you want me to produce a soundtrack? Where's the contract? I need something in writing. I need to sign something to let me know what you're going to pay me before I start working on this. And he says, and he does produce screenshots in the in his Medium article, that they didn't produce a contract to him until March 18th, no. 2020. That was two days before the actual game was supposed to be released. So up until he finished, and I believe he said he finished the Doom Eternal <clears throat> in-game soundtrack, I think sometime in December-ish. That's when everything got finally uh, approved and when he finally got paid. But up until then, there was no legal contract for him to start working on this Doom Eternal soundtrack, this additional 12 tracks. So as any good contractor should do, they're just like, all right, well, I'm not working for free. I'm not doing anything until you get something in my hands so that I can sign that lets me know that, you're at, that you guys are going to pay me. So he's given this contract two days before the game officially releases, two days before the soundtrack, the collector's edition gets released. You know what I mean? So that's kind of shit. That's you know, he has to shit, dude. Yeah, of course it was. On top of that, what he found out when, as people do, um, if you're a fan of Nintendo soundtracks, it's always sad whenever you see that Nintendo takes down soundtracks from YouTube. And so what he, what he, what he ended up finding out when people actually posted his Doom Eternal soundtrack to YouTube was that the uh, 142 minutes, I'm sorry, that's what he was contracted for. He found out that there wasn't 142 mi uh, minutes of music that they found in the soundtrack. No, no, no. They found 286 minutes of music. So what its software had apparently done is they took all of those rejected tracks, all of the demos, all of just the, these test uh, music sounds that he had produced, and they fucking used them anyways, and they just didn't pay him for it. Holy shit. So they essentially paid for only half of the stuff that they included in game. They only officially paid him for 142 minutes, but they included 286 minutes of other, not, not in addition, but like an extra 144 minutes of additional music that he was not paid for that was included with the game. So that was just like, yo, that's kind of fucked. You guys owe me money. You know what I mean? And so another thing that he found out and... I believe during the um, during the during the kind of scramble to get the Doom Eternal soundtrack done, um, him and the so the lead audio engineer of id Software that actually produced kind of like those those kind of like shit tracks. Yeah. Um, so they were kind of trading the the raw files back and forth. They found out that this Chad guy had been working 
on his side of the soundtrack that was going to be included in the collector's edition right around August 20, 2019. So that was like six, seven months before Mick Gordon even officially started working. So apparently they had had some sort of like fallback plan even before they got Mick Gordon under contract to produce the soundtrack. So that's why there is like super stark contrast between the 12 tracks that Mick Gordon ultimately delivered and the 47 other songs that Chad Mossholder had basically stitched together from some of the prior stuff that Mick Gordon had done for the in-game version of the music. So they, they had, they had plans in place already, even before they officially got Mick Gordon to work on the soundtrack. So that's kind of stupid. That's how metadata, that's how metadata, 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 yeah, fumbling, damn beer. That's how metadata works, guys. There's fingerprints all over some of the stuff that you work on. Yeah. Oops. Found out that, found out that id Software was working on it months before they even bothered to present Mick Gordon with a contract over it. God damn, dude. So, so here's the thing. Here's why it took so long. He was actually attempting to amicably sell the stuff behind the scenes. He was like, Hey guys, uh, if you pay me for the music that you guys use, but I didn't pay for, and then allow me to just create like a legit doom eternal soundtrack. Like, you know, everybody would be cool with like, yeah, like we can do that. The other yeah, thing he, is like, he cares about the fucking music. He cares he about the fucking IP dude. And I think this is and wild. I think this is, and I think this is why it's taken so long and why he's been silent and probably how he got taken advantage of in the first place. Yeah. As anybody who creates content of any form, you're kind of kind of attached to the stuff that you make. You know what I mean? You kind of love it. Yeah. And so you kind of want to see it, see it displayed, listened to, whatever, in the best way possible. You know what I mean? And Jesus. so it does seem that he was trying to produce something that would be worthy of his name. The other thing that he wanted, I guess like an ask, this is like, yo, you know that, you know that open letter you posted on the doom subreddit? Just if you apologize and just take it down, like we can just, we can just go back to doing what we should have done in the first place. Just make a proper, yeah, just make a proper soundtrack to give to the fans. It'll be amazing. And they're like, nah, nah, like you dumb. Get fucked. Basically. That's kind and, of, that's um, kind of fucking heartbreaking. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's one of those, what could have been things. Yeah. And you know, I understand that the development process for video games is tough. It's, it's not easy, especially when you're making, you know, if you're spending like, you know, 50, hundred million dollars on a, you know, a triple a project, but it's, it's one of those things where you're spending all this money already. And in order to get some of these things done, you know, you have to make concessions. You know, you may have to have a couple of extra meetings. And if you have somebody who leads a project that's just kind of like a huge asshole who wants to control everything, who basically feels like they are infallible, that their decision is the best and right decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then sometimes these projects can fall apart. You, 
you want to you want to kind of like corral all of these all of this talent, all of these creatives in order to do things the way that you want them to. And it can be super fucking toxic. And this is essentially what com- what it comes down to be is that this was a toxic relationship. And from what it sounds like, Mick Gordon has had a somewhat toxic relationship. Um, and not from his perspective, from Bethesda's id software's perspective. Yeah. This relationship that they've been uh they've been kind of um fostering has been kind of toxic from the outset. I, I do believe that um as part of the stipulation for I think the Doom Eternal uh soundtrack mm-hmm. is that he was actually he was actually not paid for another soundtrack, I think from a Bethesda from Holy a shit. Bethesda game. <clears throat> he had produced a soundtrack and then they were like, nah, we don't need it anymore. And then it was just like psych, ah, we released it. That you know kind what? of thing. So what's up? As 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 a guy who freelances a lot or used to, I'm kind of fucking done with that shit. Uh organizations will take advantage of you and not pay you at the drop of a hat. They will find yep. any fucking reason to say that you have breach of contract or that you didn't sign a contract in time, but you still produce the work. So obviously you didn't care about the money. They will do fucking anything to fuck you over. Yep. And you have to be aggressive as shit as a creative person in the marketplace. When you are a loan like him and you're working with a multi-million or billion dollar corporation, or in my case, some fucking mom and pop ass motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you stub your fucking toe, but like <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's rough. It's rough out there as, as a, as a creative person. Um, if you're making art, if you're making music, if you're, you know, doing whatever fucking a writer, I mean, goddamn, I, I've been in a lot of places where we've had creative writers outside of our company, uh, who come in and they do stuff and, Somehow or another, they're like, oh, you didn't meet your fucking word count. And they're like, well, I didn't need to meet the word count. Everything is here uh, that you needed. It, it, you've approved the copy. And they're like, yeah, but you're fucking like six words off. So uh, you didn't meet your contract. So we're just not going to fucking pay you. Ouch. And it's wild mm. shit like that. So uh, fuck, man, <clears throat> this, this is rough, man. Mick Gordon's music uh, is kind of badass. Uh Yeah. He's a talented fucking artist and it's it's a it's a fucking shame that you see someone like this who who gives a shit about their career didn't go out and pull a fucking maniac move blasting these people online. Yeah. He just he sat back and was like, "Hey, let's let's do this behind the curtains. Let's get this shit straight. I I really like you guys even if you treat me like shit and you've blasted me apart online. He's like, "It's fine. I love the IP. It's a great way and a, a an outlet for him to be creative and still make money. And he's like, Hey man, let's fucking do this. And they're like, eat our whole doom asshole. That's fucking <laughs> wild. Basically. Yeah, and this uh, is fucking rough. And, and he, he states that the reason why it's taken so long for him to actually say something about it is that what this whole negotiation process, and they've been basically just dicking him along this yeah. entire time. You know, they've been setting meetings and then 
canceling at the last minute. They've been saying like, oh yeah, we're you know, we're looking into this right now. We're gonna we're gonna definitely have something soon and blah blah blah. Until eventually they're just like, yo, like everything that we talked about for the last year, like, no no no, like no, nah, you're this is dumb. Like, um, if uh, if you say anything, you do anything, we're gonna fucking sue the shit out of you. Yeah, like that kind of thing. It's it sucks because, like you said, as creatives, you have the best intentions for everything. Like, I think so. you create you create something. You want people to see it. You want mm-hmm. people to hear it. And so, you try you try your best to get it out there. And I know, like, as from a personal side, I sometimes don't have respect for a whole lot of creatives like voice actors because that's not really that's not real work. Uh, Just kidding. It's it's kind of real work, but you gotta I mean, you gotta you, you, know, you gotta to grind it, it out. You, get on the grind, ho. That's yeah. That's what I mean, it is. You, you gotta get you, on the grind, you, ho. You look at people who are out there struggle bussing through uh, voice acting, and then you look at someone who like Justin Roiland. And his voice acting process is getting blasted fucking drunk or blasted fucking high and ad-libbing one of the best fucking cartoon shows that have ever been created. Some of the best fucking games. Um, And he just bullshits through the whole process. So I I, I can see how you could look at, you know, someone, him, who's like a a fucking idiot savant of the process. It makes everybody else kind of look like shit. He's... He's the Steve Jobs of of uh, ad lib comedy in that space maybe, of voice maybe, acting. Maybe maybe like he's I would say maybe maybe not Steve Jobs. Maybe like a Rain Man. Like oh, he's yeah. kind of like he's kind of like really he's like really dumb. Like you said, idiot savant. Yeah. So he just like I don't know. He like pees on he pees on himself like in the middle of the day. But oh, 100%. you put him in you put him in a vocal booth. You put him in a voice booth or whatever, and you know he Magic just knocks happens. it out of the park. Yeah. Just like we're gonna have to clean up the piss after he gets out of the booth, but that was gold. That was gold. <laughs> you know what we're I mean? In. Yeah, and he knows exactly what he's looking for. I watched a couple of uh, videos of his, like where he's directing other voice actors, and he has no idea how to communicate what he needs. But when he hears it, he's like, "Oh, that's the one. That's the one." Um, yeah. You know. So it. Yeah, it's whatever. Um. I do like to watch other creative people's uh, process, but the process. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's fun. It is fun. And uh, I guess the last thing we're we're gonna say about this is like, does Bethesda have anything to say about this? Well, yes, they do. Oh, they do have a little something to say about what Mick Gordon posted. Now, if you read, if you read their message they don't come out and say that he's wrong, but they do say that the things that he did say, it distorts the truth and presents incomplete facts, whatever the fuck that means. And uh, they also state that in quotes, we stand by or we stand ready with full and complete documented evidence to disclose in an appropriate venue as needed. So they're just going to post it on Reddit again. (laughs) They should have. I probably would have gotten, yeah. Maybe it would have been as effective as Marty Stratton when they threw Mick Gordon under the bus. Yeah. Yikes. This is, yeah, this is a fucking weird thing. Um, Because in this case, like I said, you know, uh, he, Mick Gordon has good evidence to stand on. It's not a lot of anecdotal shit. 
And he waited yeah. oh, well over two years. He waited two yeah. years from the the announcement on Reddit. But he's been waiting for fucking ever to just get this shit done. Um, it's 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 a fucking shame. Um, it is, and I and the the worst thing is depending on <clears throat> depending on the direction that Mick Gordon goes, we may not get closure as just um, just as a consumer, fans. yeah, as fans and consumers, we may not get any closure uh, about what they finally. Uh, decide yeah you know <clears throat> so and uh, unfortunately it sounds like uh, doom fans are probably going to lose out on a proper soundtrack uh, they already lost out on mick gordon working on the dlc for doom eternal and at this point the relationship's probably way past soured and we'll never see mick gordon work on another doom project going forward Probably not. Right. This is um, that's unless, a that's a goddamn shame. Unless unless something happens to Marty Stratton. And I don't mean like like physically happens. I mean like if maybe he steps down, if he's replaced. because uh, it seems like his only beef was with Marty Stratton. He or, doesn't seem he didn't seem upset about the developers. He didn't seem to be upset with Chad Mossholder for what he did. To like he butchered that fucking soundtrack, but even he doesn't blame Chad Mossholder. No, he he's not going. He's not going to blame squarely. anybody inside the fucking walls. He blames Marty Stratton squarely because, again, he was he was basically the decision maker for this yeah. entire project. And so, regardless of whether of what Mick Gordon was told, what decisions he was privy to, people were probably just following his direction. Yeah, you know, and so it's basically. It's basically uh, his fault, according to Mick Gordon. And I, I can't say that I don't disagree. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I was about to say the same thing. I, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, maybe maybe, maybe some years from now, like you said, uh, Marty apologizes or he steps down and Mick comes back in and we get a big swinging yeah. dick fucking, you know, uh, another Doom game. Maybe. Uh, and we get we get more memes when the Doom music kicks in, uh, where they just overlay it on fucking John Wick movies or some shit like that. So yeah, it's really good. Even like I'm not even a fan of the genre of music. Oh, I love God. it. I love it. <laughs> I'm such a fucking metalhead, dude. I, I fucking love metal. Yes, uh, so Mick Gordon this, just it, it sings to me. It and whenever I hear it, most of the time it sounds like One Winged Angel. Oh. So, you had to do me like that. You had to cut me. I tape. had to do you like that. I'm sorry. You know what? Just... Out of all of this, that's probably the biggest L that I'm taking away from this. But <laughs> <laughs> L of the week, uh fucking Doom music is just Doom bad music is just it's Doom angel. Eternal, except with except with metal. Yeah. And chainsaws. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Well fuck, man. Yeah. That ain't that ain't too bad. That ain't that ain't that ain't too bad, I guess. I don't I don't fucking know. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh was uh not not bad. Not bad. It was uh, our first podcast back after the after the vacation and, and, and the weeks gone. Yeah. It uh feels nice to be caught back up. It does. You know what I mean? It does. I I almost forgot how to set my rig back up to record wow. the podcast. 
I was fumbling with my, uh, my mixing board and I was like, I know there's a fucking power button on here. I don't know where the fuck it is. Where the fuck are my lights? Where is everything? How do I even turn my headphones on? Like it, it was a scramble for like about a good six or seven minutes. I was like, Yikes. I know I'm not this dumb, but we made it. Uh, we made it. We 21 fucking it. episodes. Uh, 21. That's yeah, right. I really wanted this year, this first year of our, our podcast and not miss episodes, but we just had it's, a fucking, a weird lineup of events. Yeah, we did. Forced us into yeah, we did. missing some. So, yeah, it, it, I think this is good. Like we, we finally kind of like ripped that bandaid off. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think, uh, now we don't, now we don't have to necessarily worry about this, this kind yeah. of stuff anymore. Yeah. Kind of do what we like. There's, there's going to be, there's going to be weeks where we just, you know, can't do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I think we had did, we had, we had talked about, you know, potentially recording this, uh, earlier in the week and yep. I just, I just think it, just, it didn't, it didn't work, work out. Didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've watched um, like your mom's house podcast and he was talking about how they've never missed an episode. And he goes the, the way that we do it because their conversations are not fucking topical. <laughs> uh, he was like, we can just record yeah. four episodes in a week and release those over a month because we're, we're going to be touring. We're going to be out of the house, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. So we just bring guests in back to back, back. And uh, unfortunately, since our stuff is based on news, so current events, um, we don't have that luxury in, in this aspect. So we really don't. Um, although I guess I suppose we could, we could do just kind of like um, we could record like one-offs, yeah. one-off conversations about maybe a specific topic or something like. That. Yeah. But now people are going to be waiting on it. They will. We're going to have some weird voiceovers like, "Welcome to episode twenty-nine of <laughs> Pixels and Pines podcast." Um, We'll see. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I think we're gonna, I'm, I did take some time off with the, with the shorts. I've been making shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been really fun to do. It's, it essentially forces me to do like, uh, a cover, cover a topic within like 30 seconds to a minute or something like that. And so just experimenting with that, uh, is always fun. Yeah. It's always fun. If you guys haven't seen uh, them, go watch them. They're fucking, some of them are good. He has some good skits in the beginning of them. Uh, the video card one was pretty good. Um, I don't know. There were just a couple, like you have like these one off, like out of pocket fucking like, yeah, you kind of have to be cause, yeah. uh, I typically try to try to stay timely on it. I don't, I don't want to hold any of this stuff, any of these shorts, um, longer than maybe a day. Yeah. And so I just kind of scrambled. It's like, I got to come up with 30 seconds or I got to condense something into 30 seconds. Yeah. And so there's there's always some like wild shit that ends up just just popping into my head and just like uh I don't know if this is gonna work but I don't really have time to think about it so just write it <laughs> just down and just go. yeah and just hope it works out and then so and then uh, we also we also clipped everything from we did October until current right so for people that are subscribed to YouTube you may have got like a fucking hundred notifications with videos going up uh, sorry about that. But that's over with. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. So now we'll still, we'll still clip. Oh yeah. We're, we're not going to be flooding fucking yeah. clips. You may get a one or two clips throughout the week uh, from each episode that comes out. Uh, so we'll probably clip this one out for like the L's probably clip something out for the free stuff. 
That way yeah. people who don't want to watch the podcast and they want to get news that's a little bit off topic yeah. or maybe little, out of context. It's, it's more bite-sized, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you get to you get to you get to get to enjoy just like the maybe the part that you're that you're, you're into. most interested in. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, for the and people then, that are uh, here for the podcast, man. Thanks for being yeah. here. For real. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to continue. Like I said, I'm going to continue, continue on with the shorts. And uh, I've been, I actually experimented a little bit with gameplay a little bit, a little bit earlier this uh, today, this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I did post one video uh, showing off. Uh, so Quake recently got a ray tracing mod. Oh. Um, so I, I, I only heard about it a couple of days ago. And so I wanted to do just kind of like a quick playthrough through the first episode of the original Quake 1 mm-hmm. with this trace, ray tracing mod. Uh, recorded it at 4K, 60 frames per second. Uh, pushed that out just to kind of see, you know, what this is like. Um, I've been kind of curious about what to do about like with footage of games that I play just in the course of just um, just playing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like trying to do something with it. I, see if maybe uh, you guys might be interested, uh, our listeners, viewers. I, I think if you're if you're looking at it from like performance perspective or what what does the modding community look like, how you, can you get more out of your game, shit like that. Um, I I think those are those are good like five ten minute videos or even you know shorts. Um, I don't see any harm in using them on the channel at all. But I guess we'll see if anybody posts in the comments, motherfuckers. Uh, damn, I almost I made it. I almost made it while cussing. I had to. F- I had to flame the viewers. What are you talking about? I, I said the F been... have, I, have I cussed a lot this episode? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I tried to hold back. I guess it didn't work. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't know you were doing a thing. You had done I a thing. Just, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said the R word. Fuck, I just called that out. Oh, too. you could have just damn. got it out there. You could have just geeked it in there. Well. Yikes. Uh, oh, well. Either way, I guess we'll close it out. Uh, thanks yeah. for watching. Uh, remember, you can hear us on any of your podcasting networks. Uh, Spotify, uh, a- Apple, Apple yes, Podcasts. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google probably, a whole bunch uh, of stuff. Stitcher. I think Samsung has their own podcast network. Yeah. Uh, essentially, we just have an RSS feed, and it pushes out to a lot of platforms. Basically. Um, so if you're one of those platforms, feel free to look us up, Pixels and Pints Podcast. It is the right. yellow logo with uh, yellow. the best purple. logo out of it anybody is. claiming to be pixels yeah. and pints. There are three, so yeah, definitely three. check us out there. Yeah. Subscribe, leave us a comment, rate us out there in the, in the podcast land. If you are on YouTube, please like comment and subscribe on these videos. Let us know that we're doing good. Let yeah. us know if we're doing bad. Like, um, and, and, one of the things and share I our say, shit, just click the share button. Yeah. Don't even fucking share it if you don't want to. Just click the damn share button. <laughs> One of the things that I did enjoy about the uh, the shorts is that because of how timely and topical they seem to be, uh, we have been getting uh, engagement on there. Yeah. And so um, I, I'm i the kind of person who I will essentially like and comment on almost every comment that we get yeah. uh, on YouTube. Um just uh just to just to let you know that uh you know I'm watching you. I'm watching you.
and I will eviscerate you in the fucking comments. Hell yeah. You say some wild shit. Say some wild shit. We might we might do a compilation of all the wild shit people say. Oh, you want to know the last one that we got? Oh, was it? Uh, Yeah, I uh, I think it was one of the Bayonetta ones. They're just like, there's I forget who I forget the username, but it's like uh, just just some old dudes thirsting on Bayo. It's just like, (laughs) man, that's kind of true. Yeah, true. Kind of true. Kind of true. Shit. So yeah. Uh, well, welcome back to us. <laughs> Cheers. I forget how to fucking close this. Thanks for watching. Uh, I've been Bradley. And I'm Michael. Uh, where you were two dudes talking about video games and drinking pints. Thanks for watching Pixels and Pints podcast. Sir. See you next time. Later, guys. <laughs>